0: Welcome to the River Bluff Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon from Kingdom Coach Kurt Bradford. And for more information about us, please visit riverbluff.org. Well, good morning. How is everybody? One more time. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, so this weekend, it's Memorial Day weekend. Um, people know, you know that it's busy out there. Tomorrow's Memorial Day. And I want us just to remember, I want us to think on tomorrow, about tomorrow, and about the men and women that have died, that we could have freedoms, freedom of speech, freedom of religion in a country we live in that we can freely speak our minds and freely, freely speak about who Jesus is. And while we think on that, watch this short video.
1: Our Father who art in heaven, Today, we remember those men and women who have died in service to our country. We pause to reflect on the lives sacrificed while protecting our freedoms. We confess that most days we are oblivious to the price paid by men and women in uniform, and yet we live every day in the freedom they laid down their lives to give us. So today, we recall the words of Jesus when he said, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And let us not forget that each life lost represents other lives that are left to pick up the pieces. We lift up widows and widowers, brothers and sisters, parents and children of the servicemen and women who fought valiantly for our country. We ask for your peace and comfort to never leave them. God, we thank you for the lives of these men and women. May their memory and their service never be forgotten. Amen.
0: Please pray with me. Father, we are grateful for you. We're thankful for how you work in and through our lives. As we think about tomorrow, as we think about those men and women that uh, will never come home, those ones that have been gone for decades and ones that have just recently passed in the past year or so, we just, we pray for their families. We pray that someone will come alongside them to give them hope. So we pray for them, the ones that were left behind. Father, I thank you now as we pray for Kurt as he comes as he brings your word for us today. Speak through him. Help us listen. Help us to apply it to our lives. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, God. Hi, right, to those
2: of you that I have not met yet, my name is Kurt, and uh, I, was here for a I was here for a long time. Uh, Before they finally asked me to leave. And, uh, and I did. And I've been able to stay away. <laughs> no i i'm uh i'm doing i'm still trying to do the lord's work uh wherever i go and and do stuff you know for him and uh i want to congratulate you on hey babe i didn't see you yet where was i yeah and so moses then went up on the mountain and came down you know (laughs) no um I was here yesterday and I I sat over there for a little while and uh, I remembered some significant things about this church. I I came here in 1988 uh, to a place called Midland Park Baptist, uh, which is now the Low Country Cares. And uh, when we, uh, I was here when we built this building and uh, underneath you, is concrete and on that concrete are bible verses that the people who were here then how long ago has it been 20 has it been 20 years yet huh 2002 so that means it'll be 19 years ago so there are bible verses uh that are under you before they put the carpet down we did all that kind of stuff and uh those of you that have come here in the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, you were the ones we were praying for. I remembered that, that you're the ones we were praying for when, when this building was built. Uh, it was a great memory. It's a wonderful memory of all of that. I want to uh, celebrate the elders for sending uh, Pastor Joe on a sabbatical. Um, sometimes we communicate, we connect that to an academic sabbatical which is for a an educational purpose towards accomplishing something like that but this is a rest and refresh your soul sabbatical uh, I, I had a long talk with joe i said now listen don't go and plan the sermon series for the fall don't do that you know go there and let god feed your soul you know and, and do that so I, I celebrate that you're healthy enough to allow that to happen i want to talk today from uh, revelation chapter 3 Those of you that are dispensationalists, don't get excited. We're not talking about the rapture today, but we're going to talk about something that I think is very relevant and important uh, for the church in the 21st century. I want to read today uh, from Revelation chapter 3, beginning with verse 2 and then reading the first part of verse 3, and I would appreciate it if you would read it with me. It's up on the screen, and read it with your full voice if you don't mind. You ready? Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Our Father and our God, um, again we come to you asking... We need you, Lord. We have uh, found uh, solace and comfort and strength and help and hope and all those wonderful things in so many places, but what we really need is you. So we pray now that your Holy Spirit will take uh, these verses and the prayers of many, many people who have prayed for this church for this congregation uh, and the prayers of the individuals who came today anticipating an encounter with the God of the universe, I pray that your goals will be met through the teaching of the Word and the thoughts that have been generated because of the Word. I pray now you would open the hearts and minds of those who are gathered here today to hear from you. As Kyler said, what is it you want us to do? Today, Father, I pray that you would help us to remember. I pray that and I I ask that. And now I do submit to you, O God, personally. I resist the devil and your word says he must flee. I crucify the flesh, putting off the old man and putting on the new. The man you are creating to walk in newness of life. And I choose this day to love your kingdom and not the world. I put on the full armor that you give me, Lord, all that you have given me to make me to stand firm, to be strong in you and in the power of your might. And I pray these things for your people who are gathered today in your name and for your glory. And I ask all of these things in the name of Jesus, inviting you to pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. and the glory forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This text uh, came to me uh, th- when thinking about Memorial Day. Uh, j- just so that you remember, Memorial Day is not about veterans. It's, uh, it's about those who have died, they gave their life. It, it actually goes all the way back to right after the Civil War, uh, a village. I think it was a, a town called Waterloo. Um, thought that they should remember the number of people who died in the Civil War, and so they would take flowers to their graves, and they called it Dedication Day. Uh, eventually, other towns found that idea and thought, you know, we need to remember those people who died uh, for us. And so it uh, goes all the way back then, and then eventually it became a national holiday. Uh, although now, uh, there are there are probably more people who see it as a day off or barbecue day or, uh, you know, uh, other people or a day of patriotism. And, and I guess those, that's fine. If those are the things we do, I even saw that a certain beer company now is making, making a beer that's in a red, white, and blue can so that you can, you can think patriotic thoughts, you know, while you're eating your barbecue. And, uh, but there are, there are many people who, uh, I, Kurt's opinion, there are many people I don't think that actually know that this this particular uh, holiday uh, is actually about people who died. You know, uh, and I think that you know, we have to remind ourselves about that. Uh, and as I was thinking through this, and, and when Joe invited me to, to come and to speak uh, this day while, he is, while he's away, uh, I, was, I was actually listening to my, one of my playlists on, how many of you don't know what Spotify is? Uh, Bless your heart. Uh, I I have playlists on Spotify, yeah, and and they're all, you know, very classical music and uh, all very spiritual, and I was listening to a spiritual song by the band Toto. It's it's entitled, I Will Remember. I will remember. It's a great song. But anyway, it, it stuck in my head that remembering, it just how crucial it is in living life to remember some things uh, uh, so so that we don't forget them. And so I was thinking about what we need to remember. And of course, I remembered uh, being pastor of this church. I remembered that. Uh, I remember when I retired. I remember when we called Joe to be uh, the next pastor. I remember when we planted. There's a lot of things to remember but I I caught myself looking around and just being downright cynical. You ever look around and get cynical? No? Dang. I'm all by myself up here, you know. There's you ever get discouraged or down? You ever, look at, you ever look around you at the way the world, my grandmother used to say, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, you know, and what that means is it's just gradually getting worse, and you look around, and, and I found myself like that, I found myself like that several times, where, you know, I've gotten so discouraged at times that I've thought about not doing what I'm doing, which the ministry I have now is coaching pastors and churches and Uh, investing in kingdom things. And there have been times when I've just thought, uh, I'm just, I want to move back to Union. That's the little town that I'm from. It's a mill town and there's, you know, it's dead. There's nothing going on up there. And I've thought about going back to Union. Of course, it helped me that Joyce told me she wouldn't go with me if I did. Uh, It helped me to kind of work through that decision because she said, you can bury me there, but don't carry me there. You know, so, you know, we didn't go back, but, but then the Lord kind of captured my heart and, and my mind and said, you know, there's some things you really need to remember Some things you need to remember. And so I started working through them. And it wasn't really you need to remember River Bluff. Or you need to remember the day you were called into ministry. Or you need to remember the commitments and the rededications and all of those things that you've done over your life. It's like the Lord said, there are some spiritual realities that you need to remember when you're having discouraging thoughts, depressing thoughts giving up thoughts, or cynicism. But if we don't deal with cynicism, I don't know about you, but if I, if I allow cynicism to continue in my heart, I begin to separate people into us and them. And they're all the bad guys. and We're all the good guys. We're right, they're wrong. There's all of that. And, and pretty soon you begin to look at people as enemies. And I keep remembering what I heard. I don't. I can't document it yet, but that Martin Luther King said, "You must first love those you wish to change." And I thought about. It. I don't love them. I don't like them. I don't even want to be around them. And yet, Christ reminds me, those are the very people for whom I died. Those are the ones who gave their life. I mean, I gave my life for for those people. And so I I thought it would be helpful to remind you of some things that I preached in a sermon back in 2005 that have become part of what I regularly do whenever I go through this cycle of feeling hopeful, ready to take on, you know, ready to go, all that kind of stuff, you know, and then whenever I just kind of slowly drift back into, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to go over here and sit down. You know what I'm saying? Do you ever go through those cycles where you're really up and then really down? And if, if you're an emotional person, I'm not very cerebral. There's nobody that thinks I'm bright, but I'm very emotional. And, and I don't have just you know, slight ups and slight downs. I have really high ups and really low downs. And whenever I get there, I have to take every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ which is what Paul recommends. And so I have to remember some spiritual realities that I think are very true. And I think that's what Paul, I mean, John is telling this church in Sardis that they need to do. He's saying, and look at what he says to him. He says, you guys need to wake up. You need to strengthen what remains. Now, when you look at the church in America, the church in America today is declining. The number, And and what I'm talking about is in number. We have already declined in influence. You know, we don't even have a seat at the table anymore. I'm reading a a book. Well, I just finished it the other day called Being the Bad Guys. Being the Bad Guys by a fellow named McAlpine. And his, his theory was, you know, in the first century, Christians were considered to be just a cult in the Jewish religion. But then they became you know, nice little people, but you know, they're kind of like the Amish in Pennsylvania. You know, you don't want to be one, but they're there. But then they began to be a little bit of a problem. They began to try to build a culture based on their values. And that kind of transitioned them to becoming, uh, tolerated. You know, you can't tell us what to do you're toler- But they tolerated us. And after they couldn't be tolerated, then after a little while, they were openly opposed. And pretty soon they were persecuted because they were considered dangerous. The guy proposes in this book that the Roman way of life, the, the Roman morality, Christianity was a threat to the Roman morality. Therefore, it was dangerous. And the fellow that wrote the book wrote some, uh, quoted some people in today's culture that have used the word dangerous for Christian ideas, Christian teachings. And so I, I think, you know, that's what he's saying. Look, you got to strengthen what remains, you know, what is in your church. And what he says, look at this, I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. It's, it's what, uh, what I have to tell some preachers, sometimes some of the guys that I'm, connected with i I will tell him i say look the lord's the lord's not done with you yet the lord's not done with your church yet you know do you have fewer people than you used to have yes you do but the lord's not done with you yet and i remind him of these things because that's what he just told his church in sardis you know and then he tells them you're not done. Remember then what you received and heard, keep it and repent. Do you know what he's talking about? He's talking about the gospel. What is it that you have received? The gospel. You have received the good news that yes, you are sinful and yes, you are separated from God, but God has provided the Lord Jesus who took your sins on himself Who died on the cross, taking your place, and by his resurrection, he has made it available to you to be free from the penalty and the power of sin by faith in Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. No matter what you've done, no matter how long you did it, no matter who you did it with, in Christ, you can be forgiven and given a new fresh start. And it's not just you go to heaven when you die. It is the good and beautiful life of living the life Jesus taught us to live before you die. That's the gospel. And he's told them, he says, listen, remember what you received and what you heard. You heard the gospel you received the good news. You received a new beginning, and it was all at the sacrifice of, of Jesus Christ. And he says, remember that and keep it and repent and change the way you're living now. That's what gets us. He says, you got you to wake up. You got to remember things. And so I, I thought about these, and I, I thought, well, there's six things, and I've, I've, I've preached this before, but... There're six things that I think that are important spiritual realities for any church for this church and for any believer in Jesus Christ living now in the 21st century. I think these are things you need to remember because now I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet although I did work for a nonprofit I believe I don't think things are going to get better I think they're going to get rough I think the opposition may increase you know but I think that what's going to have to happen first before we respond I think we're going to need to dig in deeply into Christ and into his word and into our relationship with the Lord before we start responding because if we if we don't I think we will respond more out of the flesh or worldly ways rather than the ways of the kingdom. Because what I'm going to remind you are some things that you who are believers. Now, let me, let me just pause a minute. If you're uh, watching online or here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, I'll hang around after the service. I'd love to talk with you about how to do that, uh, about how to, how to become a disciple of Jesus. I'd love to talk with you about that. But if you are a born-again disciple of Jesus, there are six things I, want, I, I think you need to remind yourself. That's why I put them in the first person so that you can record these and think about these things whenever you're down, whenever you're discouraged. Or if you are debating whether to give up or not, whether you're thinking about, you know, maybe not, maybe not giving up on Jesus, but maybe abandoning your faith in, in the church. Or dropping out of church, or or maybe stopping your daily devotions, or some other thing along those lines. Six things. First one is this: I recommend that you remember who I am in Christ. That's first person, so that's you. It, it, it could be remember who you are in Christ. You know, I'm a I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. Uh, I'm a pastor. Uh, uh, I'm a I'm kingdom coach. You know, I'm a South Carolina fan. I'm You know, there are any number of things. I'm a friend. There's any number of things that I can say that I am. But my primary identity is that I am a child of God who is a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am a disciple of God a child of God who is a disciple of Jesus Christ. Paul wrote in, I mean, uh, John wrote in John 1, all who did receive him who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You are born again. That's the metaphor that Jesus used to describe what happens when someone repents of their sin, then places their faith and trust in Jesus. He says they are born again. And John points out that we are God's children. Now, some people say, well, all, we all God's children? No. We're God's creation, but we're his children by faith in Jesus Christ. In 1 John 3, 1, John, same John that wrote the other one, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. What the, what the Bible tells us is that... Uh, who we are matters. It's not a, it's not a peripheral. It's not some uh, you know, lower priority question of who I am. You know? You know, I, that, that phrase, you be you and I'll be me. Listen, we are the people of God. We are the born-again children of God who are disciples of Jesus Christ. That's our primary identity. And everything flows through that. You know, it's it's not like number eight on who we are. It's number one. I am a child of God who is a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's most crucial. Uh, Simon Peter, uh, you know, you remember he confessed, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter said, "If if everybody abandons you, I won't. And then whenever he's standing out in the courtyard as uh, they're about they're trying jesus one of the women says uh, you're one of his disciples aren't you in john 18 and you know what simon says simon peter says i am not see but that's that's who we are I, i am a child of god who is a disciple of jesus christ which governs everything i do that is your primary identity And as a follower of Jesus Christ, as one of God's people attached to God through Jesus Christ, that should govern everything that you do. Remember who I am. The second thing, though, is remember where I came from. Now, I came from a little town called Union in the upstate. Uh, My mom was a secretary. My dad was a sergeant, a career sergeant. One grandfather was a butcher and one grandfather was a mechanic. So I'm about as blue collar as you can get. You know, I mean, I know that, but, but that's not really what I'm, I'm talking about here. When I say, remember where you came from, it's not like, you know, remember now you're blue collar or remember this, you know, no, here's where I came from. Before Jesus, I was lost and completely on the way to hell. <laughs> I really was, that's who I was. I was a lost individual, a person without God. Now, there's another description that's pretty, pretty accurate. Uh, Paul said it, uh, looking in Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, he says, once you were what? Dead. Because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. See, it's not just that I was the guy that needed to turn over a new leaf. I was dead in my sins. You know, sin characterizes my life. I I wasn't just a little bit depraved. (laughs) I was just, just lost as a duck in a snowstorm, just like you before you come to Christ. We were what the Bible calls slaves to sin. Whenever Moses was leading the children of Israel out, Here's what he told them in Deuteronomy 24. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. See, it used to be a slave to sin. Now, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 6 that you, when, you, when you get saved, when you are redeemed, when you are born again, you are set free from the penalty and the power of sin. How many of you remember this song? F- Finish the song if you know this sugar pie, honey bunch. You know that I love you. I can't help myself. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. See, but, but you recognize that you have been given the power by Jesus, that you used to not have the power to resist sin. The flesh you know, you're, you're corrupt. We're, we're lost. We're, we need to remember that. But now listen, Paul is not telling you to remember what you used to be. And Moses is not telling him, remember what you used to be to depress them or to make them you know, walk around with their heads down. He's not saying that to depress you. He's saying it to generate gratitude and kindness and humility. He said, remember where you used to be. Every time I go back home to Union, my hometown uh, uh, up there, every time I go there, I, I'm just afraid somebody's going to stand up wherever I'm speaking and they're going to say, let me tell you something about that guy. You know, because uh, serious, I, I hope their stuff never comes out. I really do. Because uh, I, I was lost before Christ saved me. I was without hope. You know what my hope was before Christ? Myself, And see, I think we need to remember where we've come from, not only to be generous, but also also to make us kinder to others. One of the uh, observations I've made, Kurt's opinion, is that one of the things I've I've noticed in churches is that sometimes we can be um, condemning. Uh, superior, (laughs) condescending to people that are not. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, whatever their sin is, their sin may be public. And there's a tendency in us, this is something we've really got to watch for. We, God's people through Christ. I think that we've got to avoid, watch whenever that, you know, the parable that Jesus told where one guy is in church And he sees a well-known sinner over there. And his his prayer is, God, I thank you that I'm not like him. I thank you that I'm not as bad a sinner as he is. Listen, there is nobody in here who is not saved by the grace of God. (laughs) Everyone in here. That's why it's important for us to remember where we came from. Remember who we are. Remember where we came from. But then the third thing I would recommend you remember is remember who brought you this far. Remember who it was that brought you this far. Paul wrote in Ephesians, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. I think one of the uh, tragedies of Maybe that's not. Maybe it's too strong a word. I don't know the right word. But one of the negative things about church is that sometimes the longer we walk with Jesus, the the more we take credit for for our lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, and I'm saying now when you say it out loud, and it sounds stupid. You know that it is because we really can't take credit. It was Jesus. It's all Jesus. But it's very easy to begin to take credit like that guy saying, I think I'm not like him. You know, I wasn't pointing that guy, by the way. Do Do you understand what I'm saying? So we have to remember who it was. Who was it that died on the cross bearing my sin, who died in my place? who took on himself the punishment that was actually mine and gave me the the life that he gave me. I think we regularly need to remember who it is that brought us to this place, who it is that redeemed us, who it is that decided one day, I'm going to save them. I'm not going to destroy them. You can almost hear the devil saying, yeah, but they're just, they're worthless. They're going to sin against you. They won't honor you. They will not follow you. They're going to do all that. You ought to just burn them up right now. God says, "Um, but I love them. I'm going to save them. And God acted to save you, to save me. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God did it. God did it. Remember that. The next thing I would remember, though, is remember where you're going. I need to regularly remember where I'm going. Those of you that have, uh, were here back when I was pastor, you know, about 40 years ago, uh, know that I follow a fellow by the name of Dallas Willard. I, I've read everything the man ever wrote uh, Uh, but uh, he had a saying. Uh, Matter of fact, do we have that? Yeah. You are an unceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. And you could actually take that pronoun you and replace it with uh, you are and make it I am. I am an unceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. Uh, C.S. Lewis said, you have never met a mere mortal. See, what he's telling us is there is that every person on the planet is an unceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. You who have been born again, who have been redeemed, your eternal destiny is in the immediate presence of God Almighty in that reality that they call heaven. That's your, that's your destiny because of Jesus Christ. Uh, I did, uh, you know, last, I think it was just last week, we did the memorial service for Ron Smith, uh, a wonderful man. He was, he was actually here when I came uh, to this church uh, years ago. And um, we did the memorial service. I mean, just before the service, I rode around the, uh, uh, the cemetery uh, to try to find out where were they, they going to put the, the tent and all that kind of stuff. And I, rode by, and I saw this, uh, sh- it wasn't a stone. It was like a little sign someone had put on there. And it says, uh, it was t- to a particular person. But what it said is, now in the presence of a loving God. Now in the presence of a loving God. And I have, uh, I'm, an, I'm a boomer, and boomers are always correcting everybody. And so I, I naturally wanted to correct that. And I, want, and I said, you know what? Are you suggesting that they didn't live in the, in the presence of God before? In other words, was, was God out there somewhere? And now that they're dead, they've been shuttled off, and they're saying, well, hey, how you doing, God? Nice to meet you. Like, God is not where we... God is omnipresent, which means you, you live forever in the presence of God. And, and when you die, you are transitioned into the immediate presence of God there in that reality that so many of us are, are unfamiliar with. And uh, here's, here's what Paul said in Colossians. If then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your what? Minds. Think about it. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Now, that doesn't mean that it doesn't translate is that you need to be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. It doesn't mean that. But what it means is you need to remember constantly that you are an unceasing Spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. And one day you will stand before the God of the universe. One day I hope to hear Jesus say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master that you, we, we, we need to remember that particularly when we look at, at events and situations that are, that are current and we begin to get discouraged and despair because we think that, oh my gosh, it's all over. It's all done. uh, It's hopeless. Let's give up. You've forgotten that the sovereign God of the universe, the God who rules all of creation has said, I'm not done yet. And I'm still at work. I'm still at work on you and in you and through you. Jesus said, I'm, uh, to, uh, when he's talking to Martha, she said, I wish you had come earlier. And Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though he died, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Listen, all of us are eternal beings. Uh, and those of you that uh, several of you have also picked up some Willard books. there's a great one called "Preparing for Heaven," that was written by Gary Black uh, in the last few uh, actually the last year, I think, of Dallas Willard's life, where he's talking about you know, uh, just about the reality of that. See, I'll, I'll be 73 in June. So I think more about heaven than I did when I was 40. But the reality is, at forty, I was an unceasing spiritual being. With a, uh, you, you understand that? It's one of those kind of things where we get we get uh, corrupted and 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 I don't know deceived. I guess to believe that this is all there is. There's nothing more, and yet we remember there is an eternity, and I am I'm an unceasing spiritual being that has an eternal destiny with God. In his great universe, because of Jesus, but because of that, because of my destiny, because of who I am, all of those, then I know the last thing, the next to the last thing I need to remember is that I can choose the ways of Jesus. I have a choice. That's why sugar pie, honey bunch, I can't help myself is wrong. You can help yourself. The Lord gives you choices. Proverbs 14 says, There's a way that seems right to men. But the end thereof is death. And Judges, there's what I call the Judges cycle. It recorded three different times in the book of Judges. It says, in those days there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. To me, I think that's a pretty descriptive time of today. You know, that, and it's really the individual culture. We, we've sort of done away with the we or the us or the hour, <laughs> it's more, I, as George Harrison said, I, me, mine. That, we think that's what it is, but he says, no, no, that's not what it is. There is a way of Jesus. There is a right way to live and a wrong way to live that is not just the morally right way and wrong way. It is the good and beautiful life. And what Christ is reminding us is that you are given choices when you face situations, when you, when you are offended or you are hurt, or someone does something wrong to you, you have a choice whether to forgive or not forgive. And the Holy Spirit helps you. It is through the power of the Holy Spirit that, that brings to mind, this, are your, this is your choice. I can choose to forgive or I can choose to bear a grudge. You know, I can choose to look out for myself or I can choose to look out for others. I can choose to be humble or I can choose to be proud Do you understand? I mean, that's what it is. That's what putting off and putting on that Paul talks about is is about so many times. You put off, let's say you put off lust and you put on love. You put off selfishness and put on generosity. You know, you you, you put off... self-centeredness and put all folk on focusing on others. And so God gives you that. choice. just remember that whenever you get in a position where you're thinking, well, you know, that's just the way I am. I remember a lady, a lady in one of the churches, certainly not one of these churches that, or, that, or became this, but I remember a lady, she was just as mean as a snake. Uh, and she was on two committees, you know, two committees and, and, and just every, everything just, just mean, that's all it was. And, and, I, and I don't know what I said. I'm, I'm, you know, today, I probably would have just gone up to her and said, you know, you're mean. You know, but back then, I was nicer. You know, I would say, you know, ah. Yeah, I tried to think of some way to say it nice. You know, if they, you know what her response was? That's just the way I am. That's just the way I am. And I'm thinking, well, that may be the way you am, but it don't have to be the way you can be. God gives you these choices. Remember that, that he gives you those choices and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the last one, I want to recommend that you remember to dance. I can just see all my boomer friends going. I knew at some point he'd talk about beach music. You know, yeah. I think you need to do that, though. That is the way they will be dancing in heaven. I'm sure they'll be dancing to beach music. I'm talking about celebrating. (laughs) Um, Sometimes, sometimes the culture can make us live life with glass half empty perspectives. When we are the most blessed people on the planet, You, you have been saved. And so therefore you are a child of God. You have been saved from what you were and through Christ, you are a child of God, imperfect, but on your way to becoming more Christ-like, hopefully. Um, You're a person that God saved rather than discarded. (laughs) You're a person who has an eternal destiny in heaven You're a person that God loves so much that he gave his son. You're you're higher than any created being on earth. The only people, the only creations that are created in the image of God. That's who you are. Would that not be something to celebrate? (laughs) His mercies are new every morning. Listen. Uh, at my age, you know, I'm. I'm There's still what I call besetting sin. Well, I don't call them that. That's an old term. But besetting sins are the ones that keep coming up over and over again. And I keep going, Lord, when in the world am I ever going to just not be tempted by that or or whatever, you know, like that? And and it's almost like the Lord singing that song that. Uh, one of, uh, one of the groups years ago that probably most of you that are younger don't remember, but a song that went, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. Based on Philippians 2, God is at work in me. Yes, do I still sin? Yes, but the loving Holy Spirit convicts me and says there's a better way and then forgives me and restores me. He restores my soul, Psalm 23. Guides me in the path of righteousness and leads me. And guess what he does when I sin again? Same thing. See, that is the love of... Is that not something to celebrate Is that that not a reason to dance? I celebrate that nothing can separate me from the love of God. I celebrate that though they slay me, I will still serve my God. I celebrate that I have in me growing, some more than others, there is love, joy, joy, peace, (laughs) patience, kindness, goodness, (laughs) gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And if you are a child of God, a disciple of Jesus, that's in you too. It may not have blossomed yet. (laughs) But it's there, and all of the joy, all of the patience, all of the goodness, all of that that you need is in you through the Holy Spirit. And as you go through life being just, I don't know, I'm kind of projecting now that I have good days and bad days, as that great theologian John Denver said, Some days are diamonds and some days are stones. I have diamonds and stones. Some days I'm on top of the world, (laughs) ready to take on hell with a water pistol. And other days I'm ready to go quit and sit in my backyard and shoot squirrels. Some days I want to feed the squirrels and other days I want to shoot them. Do you understand that? Because truthfully, that is what life is like for the church in the 21st century. And if we don't remember these spiritual realities, then we could very easily become less than Christ wants us to become doing less than he has called us to do. Perhaps God is restoring our faith in the gospel to change the world, because he's restoring our faith in the gospel that changed us, that changed me, that changed you. Okay, I'm done. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help all of my brothers and sisters who are in this room and those who are maybe online, help them to remember who they are in Christ. Help them never to forget where they came from and to walk in gratitude, but certainly not guilt, but thankfulness for what you have done. God, help your people to remember that you're the one who brought them to this moment. Help them to remember that they truly are people with an eternal destiny. Help them to remember, Lord, that they can choose to walk the ways of Jesus no matter what the culture does, what the flesh suggests, or the world, or the flesh, or the devil. And Lord, I pray that you would help them to dance. Help them to rejoice as they remember these beautiful things about their life. Especially, Lord, when they're discouraged or feeling defeated or maybe when things aren't going the way they wanted them to. Please, Lord, remind them that they are a child of God, a disciple of Jesus. Remind them that they are yours and that nothing can separate them. But remind them also that all of this freedom, all of this identity, all of the wonderful and beautiful things that you give us, the forgiveness of sins, new starts every morning, mercies, grace, kind all of these things are given to us at Christ's expense. For it was Jesus who died that we might have life. Remind us that way, Lord Jesus. I pray now that you will hear my prayer and answer it in keeping with your perfect will, Lord Jesus. May your will be done in this people called River Bluff and in me. This I pray in your name. Amen.